Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you here at the top of the 6 o'clock hour as you join us just in time for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump says both sides are to blame for the Charlottesville violence, and Florida senators weigh in. We'll have those details in one minute. My take on the president's explosive Trump Tower news conference. Some of you won't like it, but let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning is 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump is back to saying, quote, both sides share some of the fault for the deadly weekend violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Speaking at Trump Tower in New York yesterday, Trump said there are two sides to a story. One person was killed when a car slammed into a group of counter-protesters at a white nationalist rally. Trump called the suspect a disgrace to himself and his country. Trump said some of the counter-protesters were, quote, very violent, and he referred to them as alt-left demonstrators. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I'll comment on what went on in Trump Tower yesterday. I've never seen anything quite like it. I think there was merit to a lot of what the president said, but if I were his advisor, as I'll explain in a moment, I would have told him never to say it. Coming up. Wow. All right. Well, in the meantime, Bud, Florida's U.S. senators are among those who reacted quickly to President Trump's impromptu afternoon news conference at Trump Tower. The president doubled down on his original statement after the deadly protests in Charlottesville, Virginia, saying there is blame on both sides. So minutes later, Democrat Bill Nelson tweeted, quote, there is no defending white supremacists, neo-Nazis and the KKK, end quote. Republican Marco Rubio also took to Twitter to say, quote, Mr. President, you can't allow... Hashtag white supremacists to share only part of the blame, end quote. A prominent neo-Nazi website in the meantime is ordering its readers to harass the funeral of a protester who was killed at Saturday's white power rally in Virginia. The Daily Stormer was recently pulled from the Internet by GoDaddy and Google after the company said they were inciting violence. The neo-Nazi website has since moved to the dark web and is calling for people on the ground at the funeral of Heather Heyer. Heyer was killed when a car rammed into protesters at the white supremacist rally. Her father lives in Brevard County. The rally was organized in part by the Daily Stormer. That is outrageous. It really is. It's right up there with the uh, church in Kansas that likes to show up at the funerals of soldiers. Oh, the Westboro gang. I don't like to say their name, but yeah, Westboro Baptist Church. Former Alabama Supreme Court Justice Ray, uh, Roy Moore will run against Senator Luther Strange in a primary runoff election to fill the Senate seat vacated by Jeff Sessions. Moore, an evangelical Christian who was removed from the bench for refusing to remove a Ten Commandments monument from courthouse grounds, gained the most votes in Tuesday's special election, but fell short of the 50 percent needed to avoid a runoff. He'll face Strange, who was appointed to fill Sessions' seat and was endorsed by President Trump in a runoff next month. The winner will face Democrat Doug Jones in the general election in December. In local news and in other news, a judge is trying to keep the dangers of opioid drugs out of his courtroom. Orange Osceola Chief Judge Frederick Lawton this week ordered changes to how opioids are handled in drug cases. If a drug evidence is to be brought into the courtroom, it now must be double bagged, and those handling it are encouraged to wear gloves, masks, or some other means of of protection. Exposure to opioids, more uh, specifically fentanyl, can lead to sickness or even death. 
And finally, two pit bulls here in Florida are recovering from snake bites after risking their lives to save their humans. Melissa Butt expressed her gratitude for the best outcome for her protective pups. I'm overwhelmed um, with gratitude for everyone involved. Slayer and Paco intervened over the weekend, Bud, when they saw a poisonous copperhead snake slither dangerously close to their owner's grandchildren. Wow. And they didn't hesitate. The two dogs attacked the snake and each were bitten. But uh, Slayer righteously killed the enemy. Both were taken to the vet where they were given antivenom. Wow. And what, a, what a story that is. Isn't I mean, that, that really speaks to a higher level of, of reasoning and intelligence than you normally give dogs credit for, doesn't it, Deb? You're the I, pet expert. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? I agree. They knew that the, the pit bulls are very protective of children. They, they, they get a bad rap, but they Well, are, and they've done some bad things. Well, There's have. no question about it, but this is flat out phenomenal. This I is know. great. Yeah, this is awesome. Congrats to those dogs. WFLA News Time 606. Read about a, uh, a manager, an official manager at the job saying, if you don't like the conditions at work, kill yourself. Whoa, that's a little harsh. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> I've heard a lot of things from the boss. I haven't heard that yet. You haven't? Not yet. Oh, it's oh, coming. Oh, oh, really? No. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can read it for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. <laughs> News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The way you looked at me and the way that sounded, it sounds to me like you might have heard that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> or something close to it. Something close to it, absolutely. <laughs> you won't hear it here, Deb, I'll tell you what. Great to have you with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch from 6 until 9. My take on the hottest topics in talk radio and yours welcome, of course, on the phone lines at 407-916-5400, text line 23680 Yaffe, fresh from his primetime show Beyond Reason on WFLA last night, and he'll be on again tonight, uh, is our executive producer in the control rooms. And Bryce is settling in to screen calls. And uh, I'll tell you what, you better get ready to go because I think we're going to have a jammed set of phone lines with my take on the Trump Tower news conference by the president yesterday, okay? Actually, I see... Two sides to that press conference, okay? Just the way the president reaffirmed that there were two sides to the violence in Charlottesville. All right, so good morning from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're diving in, for better or for worse, here in a moment. Hear me out. Some of you are not going to be fully happy with the Bud Man, but that's kind of what makes the show work anyway, isn't it? 608, we'll have that and uh, right after I update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which we will do here for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So President Trump came down the golden elevators of Trump Tower midway through yesterday afternoon, along with several key cabinet members, Chief of Staff John Kelly, who was off to the side and not looking very happy about what transpired. He was there to pitch his big infrastructure program that he wants Congress to pass. Okay, and that's all well and good. At the end, he decided to take questions. I don't think he was well served by doing that. I'll explain my mixed reaction to the Trump Trump Tower news conference here in a moment. 
But to catch those of you up um, with what happened yesterday, we've put together about 90 seconds where I think the president makes some great points, but I don't think he should have gone down this road. Let's listen. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement. But you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. It takes a little while to get the facts. You still don't know the facts. There was no way of making a correct statement that early. I had to see the facts, unlike a lot of reporters. Watch those very closely, much more closely than you people watched it. And you have, uh, you, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. You had a group, you had a group on the other side that came charging in without a permit, and they were very, very violent. I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists by any stretch. Those people were also there because they wanted to protest the taking down of a statue, Robert E. Lee. So, excuse me, and you take a look at some of the groups and you see, and you know it if you were honest reporters, which in many cases you're not, but many of those people were there to protest the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. So, this week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Mr. President, that's a topic we will tackle here in our 7 o'clock hour. But back to your third take at um, explaining your position on the Charlottesville violence. You are absolutely right, sir. You were right from the get-go on Saturday, again with your scripted response on Monday, and again off the cuff in Trump Tower yesterday. There were two sides to this, the alt-left invested in violence, along with the alt-right, the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists. That is absolutely true, sir. Here's the problem as I see it. If I were advising you and you were listening to me, when I got asked those questions at an infrastructure event, I would have said, I've said all that needs to be said on that topic. I'll take questions on infrastructure, anything else you want to talk about. But we are done with that divisive topic. People now know where I stand. You know, uh, listen, I'm one of these guys, you know, when I feel like I've been wronged, and he's been wronged by the media, and he just got murdered yesterday by the media, okay? And I knew it was coming. He said so much that is absolutely right, and it took a lot of guts to say it. But there are times when I want to say something to somebody who deserves to hear from me about what I believe when I feel like I have been wrong or mis misrepresented. Sometimes you got to pull your punch and keep your silence for the greater good. What's kept me on the air for a long time in broadcasting on television and now on radio is this. When I think I got something red hot that I want to say and I'm on fire about it, I pull back and I wait. I say, when in doubt, leave it out, bud man, and it has always served me well. Here is the big problem for the president, in my opinion. He said so much that was right and that he had the guts to say. The problem is he now has key 
members of Congress in the Republican Party fleeing from him. Marco Rubio with a half a dozen tweets blasting him on this. Speaker Paul Ryan will have to shepherd infrastructure or anything else the president wants to actually accomplish that he promised to get done during the campaign through Congress. And now it's going to be harder to find allies of his in Congress. That's why I don't think this was a road he should have gone down yesterday, as right as he was on many things he said. I believe it will prove to be counterproductive. That's my take on Trump Tower yesterday. What's yours? 407-916-5400. Hit that text line and join me at 23680. Do I have it right? If not, where do we disagree? We'll get Yaffe's take on this as well. There's some great callers reacting to my take on the Trump Tower news conference by the president yesterday that has been so explosive, and he's just getting totally hammered in the media. He made a lot of great points. My basic point is um, (laughs) I think he had said all he needed to say, and I don't think he should have gone down this road again. And the the reaction against him by key Republicans he will need in Congress to get his agenda through, I don't think it was worth it. That's my point. Yaffe, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I think you make a good point. Trump is, you know, he always says he has to counterpunch, and sometimes that gets the best of him a little bit. My my original thought when I saw it is this country is just, we are just ripping each other apart. The anger in that room on all sides was just too much for me. It was. And what the media was doing to him— the anger that they were, you could just feel it. Yeah. They wouldn't let him speak. I mean, we can't have an honest conversation in this country anymore. You're monitoring like. our text line, Mike. What do you see in coming in? Uh, yes. Yeah, so got, got a couple different takes on this. One person says, I think you got it absolutely right, but he is totally alienating himself with his administration. Somebody needs to step up to the plate and uh, another and advise him on that. Another person says, come on, bud. You want to go back to the Obama days where we just blame the wrong side? Or should we sit back and look at the full picture and blame both sides? I want the Trump agenda to get passed in Congress. He's going to need allies to get it done. When he has people like Ryan and Rubio, no matter what you think of them, fleeing from him, condemning him like this, they're not apt to come back and fight all out for his agenda in Congress. That's why I feel this was counterproductive. It hurts him more than it helped him, despite the guts he had to tell it like it absolutely was in Charlottesville. There were two sides to this. The media will only acknowledge one. Hector in Orlando. Good morning, Hector. Hey, good morning, But I believe you are 100% right, and I agree with you. And I also agree with Trump. He called it the way it should have been called. Because as much as I hate the neo-Nazis, and the Nazis and the KKK as a minority, they were not the ones that started the riot. It was uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter if they were there. Yeah. And if they had not started that riot, that girl would have still been alive. I agree with that, Hector, but do you agree with me that this may be counterproductive when he makes oh, so many boy. enemies in his own party in Congress? He will. He heard himself. But guess what? Yeah. He, that's Trump. He called it the way it was, but he did yeah. hurt himself. I agree with that 100%. Let's see what uh, Tony thinks. You were actually first on the line out of Oviedo. Good morning to you from Seminole County, Tony. Good morning. Good morning, bud. Um, I think Trump is like the medicine that uh, mom 
made you made you take when you needed it. You didn't want it. Castor oil. You had to take it. <laughs> I remember the castor oil. <laughs> and I tell you what, um, the last caller hit it on the head. The Antifa, the the alt left, no. which Trump was right to to mention them yesterday. No other president would have done that. No other president. And now the same media that's attacking Trump for supposedly supporting Nazis, now they have to answer that question about the alt-left. As far as the Republicans go, those are Republicans that were not going to push his agenda mm. anyway. I'm not they, at all sure about that. I think he would have gotten more help from the power players in Congress, Senate and House, without what he did yesterday, causing them uh, to, to condemn him. And I think some of that condemnation was done for political reasons, you know, among their home constituencies. But, but I think it's going to be counterproductive. He's going to need them. They don't miss a beat when it comes to, to critiquing Trump. Yeah, well, that may well be. But listen to this. He needs every vote he can get. I mean, see, the health care thing. I mean, hanging by a thread in the House got passed. Hanging by a thread in the Senate. Deep six by John McCain. I mean, he needs every vote he can get. I think he lost some help in Congress that he's going to need for infrastructure. That was what yesterday was supposed to be all about, by the way. Here's Matt and Claremont. Should the president have gone down that road a third time yesterday? I say no. Well, I think he should have, but because the things he said were the capstone of it, you know. But he, but, but he essentially reaffirmed what he'd already said. And I, I, and I just in this country is the issue. It needs to change. Yeah. yeah. You well, know. The thing is, and it will change. I think it's going to change. This time next year, it may be different. See? Well, maybe you're right. We'll see. I'll be taking more calls on this along the way. We are going back to this topic, but we're not going back to it right away. If I can get Kevin in here, I will. He says it's the greatest press conference the president ever had. Wow. I mean, it was guts. I mean, he stood up to just withering, rude criticism, hatred in that room toward him. He stood up to it like nobody else could. I just think it's counterproductive for the reasons I cited, okay? That's where I have a problem. I'm a practical guy. I want to get things done. There's some great stuff on the Trump agenda, but it has to go through Congress. He can't just order it. It's not like he's running the Trump organization. It's different. Sorry, but it is. Kevin from Melbourne, I want you on the radio with me right after the news update with Deb and our business report with Gina. Deb, um, you've got more for us on that contentious Trump Tower news conference yesterday. Yes, I do, where President Trump says, quote, both sides are to blame for the deadly weekend violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Speaking at Trump Tower in New York yesterday, Trump said, quote, there are two sides to a story. A woman was killed when a car plowed into a group of counter-protesters at a white nationalist rally. Trump said the suspect is a disgrace to himself and his country. He was asked if it was an act of terrorism and said whether it's murder or terrorism, it's a matter of quote, legal semantics. Trump said some of the counter-protesters were very violent and called them as alt-left demonstrators. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, a series of alt-right protests against Google have now been postponed. The protests were organized after the company fired an employee who wrote a controversial memo about diversity. Now those organizers say they have to delay the march on Google because of threats from left-wing terrorists. The plan had been for protesters to gather August 19th at Google's home base of Mountain View, California, as well as New York City, Washington, D.C., Austin, and Boston. 
A college student is facing a felony charge in the destruction of a Confederate statue in Durham, North Carolina. 22-year-old Takia Thompson was arrested Tuesday and charged with participation in a riot with property damage in excess of $1,500. She also faces several other charges, including disorderly conduct. The statue was pulled down during a protest Monday to show support for anti-racist demonstrators in Charlottesville, Virginia. Back here in Florida, a Tallahassee man who's accused of murdering four people, including his own three-year-old son, is waiting on a verdict from the jury. Prosecutors say Henry Segura killed Brandy Peters and her kids because he didn't want to pay child support. His defense attorney, Nathan Prince, admits Segura is no angel, but... While he cheats on his wife, he is a hard worker. While he lies, he is a good dad. He's a street guy. He does street stuff. He's not perfect, but he's not the devil either. The defense claims Peters and her children were victims of a Mexican drug cartel and that Segura lied about visiting her the day of the murder because he didn't want his wife to know that he had been cheating. And finally, an Orange County family believes uh, the jail is responsible for the death of an elderly man while in custody. The family of William Howard filed a wrongful death lawsuit this week against the county, the jail, its medical staff, and corrections officers. The 75-year-old died last year of a neck fracture suffered during a takedown by officers inside his cell. The lawsuit claims officers used excessive force and then showed, quote, deliberate indifference by not checking on Howard for more than 24 hours. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. And let's bring Gina in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good Wednesday morning to you, Gina. Good morning. You've been taking a look at yesterday's trading session and ahead to the stock futures and what they indicate. And um, you've got some things that uh, you want to take note of and some things you're watching for today. Let's go. All right. Well, the stock futures signal a higher open. We have housing starts ahead today. We get the minutes from the Fed's most recent meeting. A few earnings we just heard from Target. Looks like they beat estimates in the latest quarter and raised their forecast. And we have NAFTA renegotiations starting today in Washington, D.C. We had a little changed close on Wall Street yesterday. Some disappointing earnings from some retailers, including Dick's Sporting Goods. The S&P was down a fraction of a point. The Dow rose five. The Nasdaq slipped seven. We all know SeaWorld, and they've got a major presence here in Orlando where their theme park operation has been getting battered in recent years, all well chronicled. But their shares were up yesterday, and it's yep. very interesting why they went up. Yeah, SeaWorld rallied amid a report that the company is seeing interest from Merlin Entertainments for its Bush Gardens parks. Shares of SeaWorld closed higher. They were up about 3%, but at one point they'd been up about 11% during the day. That was the biggest intraday gain since March. Merlin's is the largest entertainment company in Europe, but also owns attractions here in the U.S., including Legoland and Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. Most interesting there and certainly important here in Central Florida, Cyber attacks have become the scourge of 21st century America, you know, with all of our new technology, and it, again, really is having an impact on some corporations. What's mm -hmm. the latest on this? Maersk says that a cyber attack hit the owner of the world's biggest container shipping company at the end of June, now saying it'll wipe as much as $300 million off profits in the third quarter. Maersk made the announcement in connection with its second quarter earnings, which showed that it missed analyst estimates. 
And finally, Gina's got an item here I don't think we've ever talked about on the business report with her. Horse cloning. What's the yeah. story? Well, you have a lot of horse farms down in uh, your neck of the woods we there. We do. The equestrian world is battling over the science of horse cloning, implanting fertilized embryos with the desired DNA into surrogate mares. This week's issue of Bloomberg Business Week says cloned horses have been embraced by polo associations, professional rodeos, and even the Olympics, but the thoroughbred racing... Well, they ban cloned horses. They favor Mother Nature, bud, to select the winners. There you go. Gina Cervetti, the best in the business, with our Bloomberg Business Report every Monday morning at, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as well here at 635. Thank you, Gina. We'll look for you tomorrow. All right, bud. Thanks. Good deal. Let me um, continue our conversation about this explosive um, presidential uh, Q&A session with reporters in the lobby of Trunk Tower yesterday. I thought the president was... Great, and it made some gutsy points, important points, and valid points on the fact that there were two sides to the violence in Charlottesville, okay? Not just one, as the media keeps driving, but I really think it was counterproductive. As many great points as he made, he alienated some people he's going to need in Congress. I really believe that downstream he will see that he wishes he never made a third pass at this. Kevin in Melbourne, good morning. Good morning, bud. Yeah, can you can you close uh, the window or walk away from the surf? It's making a lot of noise, whatever it is in the background. No, I'm just <laughs> in my car. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think that that press conference was one of the greatest press conferences I've seen so far by the president. And the reason is because he told the truth, and that needed to be told. And I don't care if he had to – he doesn't have to pander to congressmen for votes. I don't think that's wrong. It's, it's, it's more right to tell the truth. And we finally got that. We haven't seen that in a long time. Not since President Reagan have we seen a president get up and stand up to the press and tell the truth like that. Well, I don't think so, President Reagan ever, you know, ever quite told the truth like this. He didn't have such an adversarial media. I mean, that was unlike anything we've ever seen, I think, before with a president well, and the media. But I, I have to tell you, I worry that it is ultimately counterproductive. He doesn't have to pander to Congress for votes. But I think he needs some support to get his stuff through. And I think he may have lost some key support there, Kevin. That's where you and I differ. Great call. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. We will go back to this later in the show. But there's a lot more we need to talk about. And we will. We've got a special election to replace Jeff Sessions in Alabama in the United States Senate. Tell you how that went. And out in Utah... Uh, to replace Jason Chaffetz, a couple of rock-solid conservatives who have left the United States Senate, as we know. So, or in the case of Chaffetz, are leaving the Senate. So at any rate, we'll get to that here in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's Newswater and Traffic from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It's all ahead in just two minutes. Please stay with me. Had a couple of special elections Uh, that are very, very important in the United States Senate. First of all, in Alabama, the Senate seat vacated by Jeff Sessions when he joined uh, President Trump's cabinet as attorney general. By the way, Sessions will be speaking on sanctuary cities down in Miami-Dade this afternoon. Um, But at any rate, um, the special election to succeed him uh, was held yesterday, and I like the results here. No, Trump's guy did not win but he's going to be in a runoff. That would be Senator Luther Strange. He was appointed to the Senate when, um, when, when, when Sessions left the Senate to become the Attorney General, okay? But he only came in second despite a strong endorsement, videotaped endorsements, uh, robocalls, 
from President Trump. The winner was former Alabama Supreme Court Justice Roy Moore. Roy Moore. He didn't have nearly the back. He didn't have the backing of the president. Mitch McConnell was for strange. But Roy Moore won this thing. He didn't get 50% to avoid a runoff and win it outright and go into the November election against the Democrat. Whoever the Republican is is going to ultimately get this seat, okay? But I've always liked Roy Moore, and they like him still in Alabama. He had 40% or so of the vote. Strange had 32%. Representative Mo Brooks, um, who's a member of the House Freedom Caucus, got 20%. There were a bunch of other candidates in there, crowded field. Um, I got to tell you, it was a terrific victory by Roy Moore. Roy Moore um, served two stints in the uh, Alabama Supreme Court, both of which ended when he was removed for defying federal orders. First of all, to take down a statue of the Ten Commandments from government members. He said, we need to acknowledge God, and he stood tall right to the bitter end on that. And he also got bounced for issuing uh, his stand on issuing same-sex marriage licenses in Alabama, particularly on the Ten Commandment thing. I've always been a Roy Moore guy. So those are the two, Moore and Strange, who will go into the runoff in Alabama in November. Actually, they'll, go, they'll have a runoff in September, and whoever wins that uh, will uh, oppose the Democrat and win the seat in all likelihood in heavily Republican Alabama. Um, Strange is going to have a lot of money. He's going to continue to have the support of the president and McConnell as well, a lot of big hitters. But Roy Moore is a guy people really hold in high regard, a principled conservative. And, uh, and I'm rooting for Roy Moore to take that seat. I think it would be awesome. We'll see how that plays out. It'll be quite dramatic, I think. Out in um, Utah, the mayor of Provo, Utah, John Curtis, has won the race for the Republican nomination to fill the seat vacated by a retired Representative Jason Chaffetz. Okay, Spence, uh, he beat a couple of GOP rivals who actually were more ardently conservative than he was, but people apparently out in Provo just like the job Curtis does as mayor. So there we go. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted you're with us here on a Wednesday morning at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for the latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump blames both sides for the Charlottesville violence and practicing for cyber attacks here in Florida. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Monument Madness. Where does it end? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning. It's 7.02 on News Radio 1025. President Trump says people who protested against white supremacists shared the blame for last weekend's deadly violence in Virginia. Trump told reporters at a Trump Tower press conference yesterday, quote, there are two sides to a story, end quote. Trump said some of the counter protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia, were very violent. A 32-year-old woman was killed when a car plowed into a crowd of counter-protesters. A 20-year-old man from Ohio is accused of deliberately driving into that crowd. He's described as a Nazi sympathizer with a fascination for Adolf Hitler. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Hundreds of people are remembering Heather Heyer, who was killed in Charlottesville, Virginia, last Saturday. Documentary filmmaker Michael Moore and actor Mark Ruffalo led a vigil outside Trump Tower in New York City last night. The 32-year-old woman who was killed when a car slammed into a crowd after a white supremacist rally. Ruffalo told the crowd they were commemorating the life of an American who was killed by a Nazi on American soil.
Meanwhile, Facebook is rooting out hate speech following the violence that turned deadly after that neo-Nazi rally in Charlottesville, Virginia last weekend. The social network giant said yesterday it's pulled at least eight pages or accounts of white supremacists from Facebook and Instagram since the weekend. Those accounts belong to groups including the right-wing death squad, genuine Donald Trump, white nationalist America, right-winged Knight, awakening red pill, physical removal, awakened masses, and vanguard America. This is uh, amazing, but a tribute to a man most Americans see positively has been vandalized. Someone spray-painted the Lincoln Memorial sometime early Tuesday morning. The National Park Service says the damage was found about 4.30 a.m. Work uh, to remove the red paint is underway. They're using a special cleaning solution that will take off the paint without hurting the stone. Additional silver spray paint vandalism was found uh, was also found Tuesday on Constitution Avenue in the District of Columbia. I'm really incensed about this, particularly the Lincoln the Memorial. Lincoln Memorial. I mean, what could be more sacred? You know, and anybody who has a problem, you know, with with monuments that recall slavery under the Confederacy. They should revere the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Because he freed the slaves. You would think of all the memorials that would be targeted. The last one you would hear about being spray-painted is the one for Abraham Lincoln. I'm glad you you have an item on that this morning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't believe it when I read it this morning. I really could not believe that. Here in uh, the Sunshine State, state government has just about all of your personal information stored on its computers. And Eric Larson at the Agency for State Technology says that is a tempting target for cyber criminals. And his job is to make sure they can't get it. These are the types of things that keep us awake at night, for sure. Um, And that's why preparedness is key. We we can't wait for the incident to occur for us to react. We have to do exercises and train and make sure that we're prepared for the attacks on our computer systems. The state tech office and the Florida National Guard are conducting a series of drills this week to practice cyber defense. They're also learning how to clean out systems that have already been infected. And finally, we brought you this story on Tuesday, Monday, or, well, yeah, today... I think we brought it last week about O.J. Simpson's white Bronco. Oh, it was earlier this week, I think, Deb. Well, guess what? It still doesn't have a buyer. No kidding. It was being put up for sale. Yeah, the 1994 white SUV was featured this week on an episode of Pawn Stars on the History Channel. Simpson's former agent hoped to get at least a million dollars for the Bronco. But one of the stars of Pawn Stars took it for a test drive and said driving it, quote, felt like bad mojo because of the SUV's history. In June of 1994, police followed the Bronco for nearly two hours before the NFL Hall of Famer surrendered to police to face murder charges and the death of his ex-wife, Nicole Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Simpson was found not guilty, and the Bronco is still for sale. I'm amazed at that. I am, too. I would have thought with all of the TV movies and everything with Simpson, we would have seen a buyer. Yeah, I still think we will. You never know. WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about an ex-assistant who gets revenge on her sexist boss online now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. Deborah Roberts with our news, top and bottom of the hour. Best in the business, bringing us breaking news whenever it happens. Yaffe, best in the business, executive producing from the control room. And Bryce, our promising young call screener, taking your calls on this monument madness, the rush to destroy and remove from public view. 
all symbols of the Confederacy. The president asked, where does it end? I'll ask you the same question here in a moment. 407-916-5400, text line 236-80. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll dive right in on that, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Monument Madness, I'm calling it here. The rush to erase from public view, destroy, or just take away all symbols from the Civil War on the side of the South, the Confederacy. Erase American history. It sounds like something they used to do in the old Soviet Union, for crying out loud. It sounds like something the Taliban does, destroying monuments. And ISIS as well. Sacred monuments from days gone by that do not comport with their ideology. Is that what we become in this country? President Trump, in the Trump Tower news conference yesterday that we covered and we'll get into more later, posed this question that I pose to you now. This week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week, and is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? And who's going to stop it? Law enforcement in Durham, North Carolina, stood on the sidelines and did nothing to stop these leftist protesters from throwing a rope around a Confederate statue by the courthouse in Durham, North Carolina, and pulling it down and destroying it, stomping it, and spitting on it. That's flat out against the law, and the sheriffs, they just stood by. Let's listen to Sheriff Mike Andrews in the wake of that travesty. Let me be very clear. Don't make or don't mistake restraint for inaction. No one is getting away with this. Well, I can tell you this morning, Deb informs me we have some breaking news. There has been one arrest here. There were a lot of people involved in this. 22-year-old Taika Thompson in Durham arrested, charged with participating in a riot with property damage in excess of $1,500, and she faces several other charges, and others ought to be charged as well. But Sheriff Andrews, this is outrageous what you allowed to happen, um, and, and, and he, just, he just let it happen. We can't have that. Just as law enforcement may say, you know what, it's time for the Confederate monument to go, this is... This is, this, this, is, this is lawlessness. And when we have law enforcement enabling lawlessness, our entire system breaks down. What is the answer to this question about where it all stops? Are we going to have to take down the Washington Monument and blow up the Jefferson Memorial because those two first, great, first, first and third president of the United States own slaves? If we're taking down Confederate monuments, the Confederacy had an economy that was driven by slave labor. So if they got to come down, I think that you cannot have a Washington Monument or a Jefferson Memorial or a city named Washington. Where does all of this madness end? This has got to be stopped. We're erasing American history. We're behaving like the old Soviet Union. We're behaving like the Taliban. We're behaving like ISIS. Because history 
offends you or makes you uncomfortable is not a justification for destroying it. If you're opposed to these monuments, maybe you need to look at it this way. Let them be a reminder of how far we've come and that we should never go back to an oppressive system like that. Let it be a cause for you to celebrate that you live in 21st century America where that is, in fact, ancient history. But it is history, and we need to acknowledge where we came from, and we need to save these symbols. This is outrageous where we're headed here. You tell me how you feel and where you think we're going. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. This is Monument Madness. Where does the headlong rush to erase Civil War history in the South end? I mean, in Jacksonville, the council president is calling for the removal of the city's Confederate monuments. The governor hedged on that, said it needs to be decided at the local level. In Gainesville, we told you, old Joe, the Confederate statue, was just taken down this week. And uh, over in Tampa, in St. Petersburg, it's gone to this extent. They've just removed a marker for the Stonewall Jackson Memorial Hospital, named after the famous Confederate general. Buddy Dyer just decided, under some pressure from some black activists, that we were going to get rid of the Johnny Reb statue around Lake Eola that stood there for nearly 100 years and banished it to a cemetery where few will ever see it. And on and on it goes. This is madness. We're not the Soviet Union. We're not the Taliban. We're not ISIS. We should preserve our history, and we should learn from that history, not destroy it. William in Orlando, good morning to you. How do you see it, William? Hey, Byron. How you doing this morning? I'm fired up, and I hope you are as well. Oh, I'm really, really mad and upset about all this. Uh, my take on this is just that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that somebody will stand up and, and, and protect um, our history because it's part of everybody. Uh, if we don't do something about it, what's going to happen in the future? They're going to take down the whole, uh, the whole fame of, uh, let's say, Baseball Hall of Fame because it has some history in it. Uh, they're going to take, if they're going to keep going this direction, they're going to have to kill everybody from this earth because everybody comes from the history of some, some, something or somebody. Somebody's offended, you know, by everything in this country. Okay. And I maintain that we, we have, again, here the latest example of tyranny of the minority, being allowed to go unchecked in this country. You get a few people offended by a statue. You know, forget the big demonstrations by the reprehensible neo-Nazis and the white supremacists up in Charlottesville or wherever they show up. We just had a few people who got in Buddy Dyer's ear here, and he all of a sudden made the call, and apparently under the way our government is structured in Orlando, nobody else could do anything about it, including the council, and banished the Johnny Reb stab. Just took it down. That is outrageous. That flies in the face of what I'm sure would be public opinion in, op- in opposition to that. In Charlottesville, 87% of the people in that town polled want the General Robert E. Lee statue to stay. It's only still there because a judge has put a decision on hold, 
and it may be the Virginia Monument Preservation Law that saves General Robert E. Lee. Let's go to Joanne up in Tavares. Good morning to you from beautiful Lake County, Joanne. What do you think? Well, good morning, but I, I agree with many of the things that you've been saying, and I just wanted to add that I think Charlottesville shows one-dimensional thinking, especially about slavery. Why are some people so singly focused on historic slavery and the taking down of statues that remind them of it? It's because it's a distraction from the real slavery of today, which is to control thinking and reasoning on the many dimensions. It seems to me that slavery of today is making people do willingly what one can make or get them to do without thinking, or thinking only one-dimensionally, especially emotionally. Boy, that is a rich phone call with a lot to provoke thought. Thank you, Joanne. Yaffe, your take and the text line incoming, please. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Even if you want to move these statues into museums or something like that, to just go out and tear them down like these groups have done. And have the cops in Durham, North Carolina yeah. stand by and you video can't. it and then after the fact arrest them when the statue's been when been, been, been destroyed? That That's outrageous. You can't do that because then the question is where does it end? And where do you think it ends? I have no idea. You know, I saw the new Spider-Man movie recently. And there was a part of the movie where the kid says, oh, I don't want to go on the Washington Monument because it was built by slaves or something. So you're throwing that in there. I mean, you know. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, I don't know where it ends. It's ridiculous. Lars is going to give us a little perspective. Good morning to you, Lars. Good morning. The uh, question, where will it all end? The answer, 1984. George Orwell George novel. Orwell. People that don't know the book, get it. Read it. You'll see where this whole shooting match is going. For those who have read it and have forgotten about it, I suggest you reread it. That's and history that fun. they don't like goes down the memory hole. Yup. And I remember it well. It's the most chilling book I've ever read, and it is oh so relevant today. Good morning, Orlando. Continuing from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasabuyers.com. In a couple of minutes, we're going to have an opportunity to give somebody a free hotel stay for themselves and their family if they become the winner on our sound judgment game. In a moment, we will clear the phones on Monument Madness for the game, but not yet, Deb. And before you get to the news, we've got a caller we'd like to bring on the air. Right here in the city, beautiful Bob, who has a comment this morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning. Uh, just wanted to point out the fact that I find it extremely ironic how when the Black Lives Matter, the whole fiasco was going on a few years ago when they'd always be marching, you'd constantly hear how, you know what, they have a right to their free speech, they have a right to assemble, they have a right to protest, and they're they're clearly a hate group. And I'm not a neo-Nazi supporter, nothing like that, far from it, but when there's a few guys who want to get together and protest, why don't they have the same right? Because when the Black Lives Matter crowd came in and then it was people who had protested them, the, the people who protested them were the ones that were blamed for all the rioting. So you're suggesting and, a double standard here, Bob. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's night and day. And if there, if there was no protest to the protest, nobody would have even heard about this. It would have been, you know, I don't know how many neo-Nazis there were. I don't, I don't know if there's that, you know, that many, but what, you'd have a couple of them circling around a statue. It wouldn't have made news. Nobody would have talked about it. But because of this huge uprising and now the fighting and all this, now it's all, oh, my God, Trump's a racist. He hates blacks. He hates I – mean, it's, it's ridiculous, completely un, – un, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I, I, think, I, I think the death of someone is really what people are focusing on, not, not just, you know, the protests. 
the fact well, that seems- somebody was, you know, protesting, counter-protesting and was killed in the process. Heather Heyer. Right. And if they would focus on that, I, I think if they just focus on that, everybody in the country would be on the side of her. There's no doubt about it. All right. Thank you, Bob. Very much. Appreciate it. I mean, it's really controversial. We're getting into it in a sense uh, again in our eight o'clock hour when we dive into the president's contentious uh, Q&A with reporters in Trump Tower. You've got more on that this morning, Deb. Yes, I do. Where both sides of the deadly weekend violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, are getting blamed from President Trump. At a news conference Tuesday at Trump Tower in New York, the president said there are two sides to this story. Trump said some of the counter-protesters were very violent, and he referred to them as alt-left demonstrators. The white nationalist rally was called to protest the removal of a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from a park in Charlottesville, and Trump questioned if it also made sense to then remove statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson since both men were slave owners. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, that was a big, big topic here. It's a question that I've raised as well. We all wonder where all of this is going. I mean, what are we going to do? Decide we're not going to have Civil War battlefields where people can go anymore in the South? Um, Manassas, are we going to turn it into a subdivision outside Washington? I mean, who knows where all of this is headed and will be on the story. And uh, other news, Audible, the Amazon-owned company that produces narrated books. Yeah, I've done some narrating for them, some audio books with Audible. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Wow. Well, I wonder if you'll be uh, launching or if you'll be uh, voicing any of this new stuff. They're they're launching a service aimed specifically at dogs. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Audible for dogs, and I kid you not, is being helped along with a consult of famed dog whisperer Cesar Milan. According to a USA Today report, literature like Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice delivered through headphones will help keep Fido calm and happy when you happen to leave for work or school. Yeah, I can do this. I think you'd be great for it. You've got great pipes. communicate with dogs with a nice little soft, soothing voice and an occasional. Don't do that. (laughs) I think I'm the guy. I may have a new gig here. I think you do. Milan told USA Today that dogs are social animals and need to engage with others to stay happy. He said the consistent tone of Audible's service acts as a sort of doggy medication. What about it? Would now would you get a hold of a of a doggy audio book for Lex? Yeah, no. I just leave the TV on for him. I can't leave the radio on for him because well, if he hears my voice, then he then he looks around the house for me. So sure. yeah, yeah. Leave the TV on. And if he hears me on a tirade, he's liable to go insane <laughs> and tear up the place. Right? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And finally, a Philadelphia man has found a way to tap into and cash in on the frustrations of Orlando and Tampa area motorists. Uh, Corey Danks is online selling bumper stickers that read, I hate 275. Davis has never driven on the road and only made the sticker after getting several requests from local commuters. He tells the Tampa Bay Times the 275 sticker and the I I hate I-4 sticker are his best-selling items by far. I hate I-4 with the construction. No. Holy smokes. That would be on every car that ever uses the interstate right now. Do you remember when it used to be that if you didn't get on the road at like 3, 4 o'clock, you were in trouble with traffic? Mm. Now there just is no time you can get on I-4 and not be sitting in traffic. They claim it will be better when the ultimate project is done in supposedly, what, 2021? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the story. All right. I'm not betting the ranch on it. I wouldn't either. We'll see. (laughs) Exactly. And I'll be back at 8 o'clock with the latest and greatest in news. Thanks, Deb. Appreciate it so much. I really am interested in this dog narrative I think you should do it. You you have a beautiful voice. Give me some information. I will. I will. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you right now, I'm totally fascinated. Deb, give me some info in the newsroom, will you? Will. All right. Fair enough. Good. The Daily Sound Judgment Game. We are ready to go, and we've got a really nice prize. Hey, Bryce, let's talk about that prize this morning. A one-night stay at the Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus. Of your choice anywhere in the country. Call 1-800-RED-ROOF-IN or go to www.redroof.com to book your stay. That's nice for you and your family, anywhere you happen to be traveling. You know, we had a guy the other day said, I'm going to be out in Seattle. This will be great. You know, well, they're, they're everywhere, the Red Roof Inn. So you can be our winner. Now, if you're trying to get in, I understand your frustration. This is a hot segment of the show. We do sound judgment, particularly with a nice prize like that. Somebody gets a wrong answer to my question that's coming up. We'll open up a line for you to win at 407-916-5400. You never know. So here we go. In the world of rock and roll music, he is a legend. He is a patriot. But fellow music legend David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash fame has just said this star is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he's just not good enough. Listen to some sound of this performer's greatest hit. Then use your sound judgment to name this singer called Not Good Enough to Make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So who is that? Called Not Good Enough to Make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Line four. Hello? Hello, who is that? This is Alan. Yeah, I know, but who's the singer? Oh, Ted Nugent, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we got a winner right off the top of line four. Good deal. Way to go, Alan. You didn't have a doubt in the world, did you? No, sir, I didn't. You're a, a Nugent fan? I am. Uh, when I served in the United States Air Force, we would play his music. Ah, no kidding. That's really cool, and I love the idea you served our country and putting on that uniform. You're awesome. It's great to see you win here. What do you think of David Crosby suggesting he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Nugent just isn't good enough to be there? Uh, he's wrong. He's a leftist. It's no surprise. <laughs> You're my kind of guy. All right. Hey, you say it's Alan, right? Yes, sir. And there's about three ways to spell that, so you spell it for me. A L A N. I got a personal note of congratulations to you coming your way along with that prize. Where are you calling in from this morning, Alan? I'm in the historic district of Sanford. Well, that's absolutely terrific. There aren't any Civil War monuments within sight, are there? Uh, Not that I know of. Well, if there are, go guard one for me, will you? Yes, sir. All right. Good deal. Um, Stay on the line. You and Bryce are going to have an off-air conversation to get you that prize, okay? All right. Thank you. Yeah. Don't go away, buddy. Stay tuned. Man, he was ready to go to battle for you, bud. Oh, yeah. yeah he was right. He was come ready. on. Come on. Are you kidding me? Following General Bud I got the a, I got a vet there, you know, and, and, and I'm sure there's a Confederate monument within eyesight or close to it up in Sanford. Probably. You better go guard it. All right? He's a good man, and we congratulate him. Way to go, Alan. Coming up on 7.56 and a beautiful Wednesday morning. We are glad you're with us. But heading her, Deborah Roberts, Yaffe at the controls, Bryce screening our calls. We're going to get into an explosive topic in the 8 o'clock hour that torched the phones here in our 6 o'clock opening segment of the show. The contentious presidential Q&A with reporters in the lobby of Trump Tower yesterday. 
The president had the guts to say again so many things I believe to be valid, undeniably true, and totally suppressed by the anti-Trump mainstream media. Okay? That said, I wish he had never gone down that road last yesterday. And I will tell you why again in our 8 o'clock hour. We'll hear from the president on this. And I'll be taking your calls at 407-916-5400 if you want to get in early. And our text line always open at 23680. Now, as we look ahead also, just after Deborah Roberts updates us on the news, which is coming up here momentarily, stay tuned and listen closely. We will be giving you the daily key word that you then need to text. You didn't win the sound judgment game, right? Unless your name is Alan. (laughs) But you can win a fabulous all-expense-paid trip on us to Las Vegas to have great seats for the iHeartRadio Music Festival in late September. All the top acts from here and around the world. And there's nothing else like it. But you can win the tickets, okay? If you text our keyword, which is coming right up after the top of the hour. Um... One more hour to go here from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LaurenHasTheBuyers.com. Stay tuned. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, updating us on President Trump yesterday um, in explosive fashion, uh, blaming both sides for Charlottesville violence. And he's absolutely right on that. Okay. And Florida celebrating a new tourism record. Some good news there. Deborah Roberts up next on the 50,000-watt front porch, where your seat is always reserved. From all of us here on a Wednesday morning, Good morning to you at 7.58. Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Glad you're with us for the latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Trump blames both sides for the Charlottesville violence, and Florida is celebrating another tourism record. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. I like what the president said yesterday. It took guts. That said, I wish he had not said it again. I'll explain and we'll talk next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Wednesday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump is back to saying both sides share some of the fault for the deadly weekend violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Speaking at Trump Tower in New York yesterday, Trump said there are two sides to a story. One person was killed when a car slammed into a group of counter-protesters at a white nationalist rally. Trump called the suspect a disgrace to himself and his country. Trump said some of the counter-protesters were very violent, and he referred to them as alt-left demonstrators. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, Florida's U.S. Senators are among those who reacted quickly to President Trump's impromptu afternoon news conference at Trump Tower. The president doubled down on his original statement after the deadly protests in Charlottesville, Virginia, saying there is blame on both sides. But just minutes later, Democrat Bill Nelson tweeted, quote, there is no defending white supremacists, neo-Nazis and the KKK, end quote. Republican Marco Rubio also took to Twitter to say, quote, Mr. President, you can't allow hashtag white supremacists to share only part of the blame, end quote. 
A prominent neo-Nazi website is ordering its readers to harass the funeral of a protester who was killed at Saturday's White Power rally in Virginia. The Daily Stormer was recently pulled from the Internet by GoDaddy and Google after the company say they were inciting violence. So the neo-Nazi website has since moved to the dark web and is calling for people on the ground at the funeral of Heather Heyer. Heyer was killed when that car rammed into protesters at the white supremacist rally. The rally was organized in part by the Daily Stormer. Here in the Sunshine State, a white nationalist leader who organized the deadly protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, wants to bring his message to the University of Florida. Richard Spencer is president of the Alt-Right National Policy Institute, which has asked to rent space on the Gainesville campus for an event featuring Spencer on September 12th. According to UF President W. Kent Fox, there has been no final decision. Fox says, quote, for many in our community, including myself, this speaker's presence would be deeply disturbing, end quote. In other news about Florida, more people were visiting the Sunshine State and the governor was in Tampa to make that announcement. The news today is great news. We had another record quarter of tourism. Over 60 million tourists came in the first six months of this year to the great state of Florida. So let's give a big round of applause to everybody involved in the tourism industry. Rick Scott said earlier that the state has set a goal of breaking last year's record for tourism and it appears to be well on its way to accomplishing that. Someone could win $430 million in tonight's Powerball drawing. Ticket sales, of course, are surging as the jackpot grows. The cash payout for is for more than $270 million after taxes. And finally, today marks the 40th anniversary of the day Elvis Presley died. The king of rock and roll's death at age 42... Uh, had shockwaves around the world only hours after the king's death. Hundreds of floral arrangements, some shaped like guitars, and one even shaped like a hound dog, lined the long driveway leading to Graceland, which was Elvis's home in Memphis. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, absolutely. I reported that on the radio in Syracuse, New York, as a young broadcaster. I'll never forget um, all the bells went off on AP, and there, oh, yeah. there, there was the bulletin announcement that he was dead. And, I mean, it was just shocking. We all knew he'd been having health problems and drug problems, et cetera. He didn't look good in his concerts. And he was gone at, I think, age 42. Yeah, 42. Yeah. It's one of those stories that you can say you knew where you were when you heard the news. Oh, I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. Never. And many people are listening to you right now will have their own remembrances for sure. Yeah, wow. lost at such a young age. Didn't realize uh -huh. he was that young. Could still be with us. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, contemporary of the likes of uh, Glenn Campbell and Willie Nelson, et cetera. You I know? was going to say Willie Nelson, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. WFLA News Time, it's 8.06. Read about an official who replied to worker complaints by saying, kill yourself or leave. Ooh, nasty. Yeah, yeah not, yeah. <laughs> And needless to say, he's looking for a new job himself today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can get the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Well, I'll tell you what remains of the 50,000-watt front porch. We almost torched it on our 6 o'clock hour. I'm going to take a stand on the president's contentious Q&A with reporters in the lobby of Trump Tower yesterday. I am nearly fully supportive of everything he had to say, but I'll tell you why he would have been better served not to have said what he said. I'll explain in a moment, and we'll get your take on my comments 
and the president's performance yesterday and reaction to it. If you want to get in early, I have a line or two open on the 50,000-watt front porch at 407-916-5400 and our text line never busy at 23680. The Bud Man, the Deb Meister, Yaffe at the controls, Bryce Screening, and we are glad you're with us from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and then we'll dive in on the hot topic of the day here uh, after we update the news in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, let's listen to some highlights from President Trump taking on reporters in an angry scene in the lobby of Trump Tower where he had come down the elevator with key members of his cabinet and his team to talk about his infrastructure program that he's pitching, that he'll need help in Congress to get passed. I think he was absolutely on. He is right to reaffirm that there were two sides to the story in Charlottesville. Charlottesville, And he did it for the third time. I wish he hadn't done it for the third time. He, I think he has just alienated um, people he's going to need from Speaker Ryan to Marco Rubio, who's bashing him over what he said yesterday. And I think sometimes, you know, you got to pull your punch, keep the powder dry or whatever for the greater goals that you have. That's why I wish the president hadn't gone down this road again yesterday, even though a lot of what he says is right on the money and flat took guts. Yaffe, let's roll it. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement. But you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. It takes a little while to get the facts. You still don't know the facts. There was no way of making a correct statement that early. I had to see the facts, unlike a lot of reporters. Watch those very closely, much more closely than you people watched it. And you have, uh, you, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. You had a group, you had a group on the other side that came charging in without a permit, and they were very, very violent. I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists by any stretch. Those people were also there because they wanted to protest the taking down of a statue, Robert E. Lee. So, excuse me, and you take a look at some of the groups and you see, and you know it if you were honest reporters, which in many cases you're not, but many of those people were there to protest the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. So, this week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Well, that's a question we are asking this morning, Mr. President. I'm with you on what you said. I have very little quibble with it. But you've said it twice. You didn't need to say it three times in that environment. And he's getting crucified. And, you know, people in his own party who are key players to shepherding his agenda through Congress, no matter what it is, tax reform, infrastructure, which is what that was supposed to be all about yesterday, Health care, which needs to be revived in one form or another. All kinds of things. He's going to need these people, and now they're fleeing from him, and I'm not sure he's going to have them as allies anymore, which he absolutely needs, which is why, while he's right, I think he just should have um, followed my, uh, my philosophy. Sometimes it's better to, when in doubt, leave it out. 
Of course, he didn't have any doubt, but I think he's going to pay the price on this, and he may not get some of his stuff through the way he could have. He needs every vote, see health care for notes. So that's kind of where I am on the president yesterday. You understand where I'm coming from here. What he said was right and took guts, but I wish he hadn't said it. I think it will be shown ultimately to be counterproductive in getting him the support he needs in Congress. There's no way to get support from the Trump-hating media. That we know. That's not the issue. So where are you in all of this and what's going on with the headlong rush to remove these symbols of the Confederacy from public view? Uh, This is outrageous what's going on. So we have all of that coming up and more. 407-916-5400. And the text line is 23680. To the phones on Monument Madness. And my reaction to the president's contentious Q&A with reporters at Trump Tower yesterday. I think he was right on the money. It took guts to say it. I think it's counterproductive politically to have said it a third time. Here's Tony in Orlando. Good morning, Tony. Hey, how you doing? All right, man. Weigh in. Go. Yeah, I was listening to you this morning, and I disagree with you. I mean, I... I kind of think you in the middle um, when it comes to the old white guy who has problem with the way America is evolving now. And I'm from Alabama, New Brockton, Alabama, and Robert E. Lee is on high schools, everything around. I don't have no problem with the monumentum of them standing there because you got to realize the forefathers that on that mountain up there, those are all white guys. So the country was framed that way. So you guys are just kind of feeling uncomfortable in America right now, I think, bud. What do you mean? I'm feeling uncomfortable in America. I'm not feeling uncomfortable at all. You sound more like Sean and Rush, too. You need to stop that. What are you talking about? I tell you what I think. I don't listen to Russia to get my talking points. You starting to sound like Rush and Sean. I don't like that. Well, wait a minute. What is the problem you have with my take on the president's comments yesterday? I don't have no problem. I knew you were going to go that way, bud. You're one of the old white guys. You just in a suit and tie. So y'all don't want to be mixed up with the ones out there walking with that fire. That's what Trump was saying. He was saying there's some good people over there, which is true. You got doctors and lawyers that's with the nationalists. Just like on the black side, you got doctors and lawyers that's against white people, too. They just don't want to be exposed. That's why you have the Republican senators coming out. They don't want to be exposed like that because they want to get some of the black vote. You know that, bud. It's all about ratings and stuff, and you guys need to stop it. I don't listen. I, I, I'm not quite sure where you're coming from on all of well, this. Want me to tell you again and slow it down. I say you got a suit in town. I you believe I'm sitting here in a T-shirt for crying out loud. Hey, hey, hey! Still my show, buddy. You got it. I'm in a WFLA T-shirt. WFLA stands for We Are Freedom Loving Americans. Now I don't know what your problem is, Yaffe. Let him back on for a second. Yeah, put me back on. What is your problem? Listen, it's not, I have no problem. I'm trying to show you something. When Trump said there's good people over there, too, he's referring to people like you, Rush, and, and Sean, and they come out with a suit and tie on and talk educated about race. But y'all mean the same thing. That's what I'm saying. You all understand that? And, and, what, and what do we mean? And what do we mean? You're against everything. Y'all against the gay. Y'all against, that's why Rachel Meadow don't, that's why she fights against you guys. Y'all against sir, anything black. Y'all come out with that educated talk, y'all against it. You're against Obama? The eight years of the black president, what got the country all up here? Ah. Wow. Okay. Enjoy the Rachel Maddow show tonight. All right? Have fun. And take a chill pill. And I'm doing the show in a t-shirt. Tony, good morning from Orlando. Hey, bud. Yeah. 
This is the other Tony. <laughs> Go ahead quickly, please. Guys, just a racist. Don't even get into that. Okay, so I agree with you and I disagree with you. I agree with you that Trump was right, and I disagree. I think he should say it every single day because the people that ain't going to stand by him, like Rubio and Romney, and who's the other clown? Hold on, Romney, Ryan, actually. He's got to get yeah. stuff through Congress. That's the reality he's got to do Romney with these guys. Came, R- Romney came out, too. And who's the other clown that's always against him? I call him Liberace. Guy looks like he's got a sweet tooth. I forget his name. Oh, Lindsey Graham, uh, yeah. John McCain. Yeah, yeah, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham, Liberace. Yeah, okay. I'm just telling you the political reality is he's got to work with these guys, and they're fleeing from him, and I'm not sure they're going to get over this, Okay. They're worried about their own political skin, and they may not help the president at all. And without that, he cannot get his agenda passed. He has to have Congress. He has to have Republican congressional support. And, and if you read what's been coming down in the wake of yesterday, he's right on what he said, but he shouldn't have said it again. Yaffe, very quickly, please. You want my take or you want the text line or what, what, what uh, you want? I but... want whatever you have to say. <laughs> okay, the text line. Hey, you look good in that suit and tie in there. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, I wish I could afford it. Um, uh, The text line says, uh, if uh, the president can't speak the truth to the utterly intellectually dishonest media, then who will? You and all other conservative media continually preach a tepid approach in order to win votes from the useless Congress. So he's, uh, he's upset hey, with you. Still got to get stuff done. Um, yeah, another person, a lot of people think that Trump was right in what he said to speak out. He is right. He is right. But there are times when it's counterproductive to say what you know to be right. And he had said it twice. And what he said the second time in that scripted statement kind of got it behind him. He ignited a furor that I think is going to cost him in the effort to get his stuff passed and enacted into law in the Congress. Now listen, I've been following government my entire adult life. I know how the system works. And the president simply didn't need to go there yesterday. I want infrastructure passed. I want tax cuts, tax reform. I want him to figure out health care. And none of this will work if nobody will work with you in the Republican-controlled Congress. That's the deal. Don't you understand this? Deb, what remains of the 50,000-watt front porch from the 6 o'clock hour is on fire as we speak, and the calls are still coming in. Including Reggie from Longwood. Good morning, Reggie. Hey, good morning, bud. And Deborah. And Deborah. All right. Yeah. Uh, she said Deborah. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> I have a big mouth. Anyway, Talk to bud, us, Reggie, quickly. Bud, you had a great opportunity with that caller who was um, accusing you of racism. Mm-hmm. And I think you lost your cool a little bit. I've been listening to you for many years, even going back to when you were on TV. I just couldn't follow where he was coming from. I'm sorry. I lost, I lost. I think his train of thought was not apparent to me. Go ahead. Well, I just thought when you get a guy like that, I would love to hear you ask them, please give me a specific example of when I said something racist and see what they say. They got nothing. Yeah, I probably should have done that. All right. How about we go back in time 10 minutes and I'll get it right, Reg? <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I'm sorry. You're probably right. You're probably right. You're Not probably right. I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's tough to keep your cool when you're being accused of something that. But I do get angry. I'm passionate about things. Yeah, of course. And the call it was as well. You know, and the First Amendment is a beautiful thing, okay? Although I'm right, and that guy is completely off the rails. But that's another. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sure he sees it exactly the opposite. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what. I mean. <laughs> Plenty of that going around these Fallout days. Fallout from Trump Tower yesterday continues, Deb. Yes, it does. And President Trump is reiterating his earlier comments, blaming both sides for the deadly weekend violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Speaking at Trump Tower in New York yesterday, Trump said, quote, there are two sides to a story, end quote. Trump said some of the counter-protesters were very violent, and he referred to them as alt-left demonstrators. One person, 32-year-old Heather Heyer, was killed when a car plowed into a group of counter-protesters at that white nationalist rally. Trump called the suspect a disgrace to himself and his country. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A tiny San Bernardino County, California desert town might become big in marijuana. The publicly traded cannabis company American Green, based in Tempe, Arizona, has just paid about $5 million to buy Nipton, which has a population of six people, a few houses, a general store, an RV park, and a small hotel. Nipton, California. Nipton, California, absolutely. The deal also includes about 120 acres and a working solar farm, which American Green says will allow it to turn Nipton into an off-the-grid, cannabis-friendly hospitality destination. So one of the six residents get free weed forever in, a green, in <laughs> exchange for agreeing to do this? I guess so. It's crazy. Kind of wondering what happens to those poor six people who are living there. A company <laughs> consultant tells Business Insider it wants to create a community that's accepting and understanding of the use of marijuana. Okay. <laughs> in the meantime, it has 62 acres, some lush landscape, and it can be yours for less than $2 million. Johnsonville, Connecticut is a real ghost town, and it's for sale. Whoa. Yeah, and for under $2 million, you can own an entire town. Such a deal in Connecticut, 62 acres for a couple of million bucks. Exactly. It was once a uh, booming mill town, but Johnsonville has since been abandoned for 20 years. There is a mansion that's rumored to be haunted by the town's namesake, Mr. Johnson. Ooh. A caretaker and a security guard are the only ones left at the mansion. The security guard keeps ghost hunters and urban explorers from snooping around the grounds. Ooh. Yeah, what's the name of that town? Johnsonville, Connecticut. How about that, Deb? Fascinating stuff. And finally, back here in Florida, Mm -hmm. a Florida man has just been sentenced to six years and five months in prison for accidentally shooting a gun while taking a selfie in a strip club bathroom. Well, what happened that got him in trouble with the law? <laughs> the U.S. Attorney's Office in Tampa announced 34-year-old uh, Roran Soren's sentencing Monday. The Asian Pride gang member pleaded guilty in April to possessing a firearm as a convicted felon. Court documents say he was at Club Lust in St. Petersburg back in December when his gun discharged. The bullet went through the mirror and into the adjacent's women's bathroom. Oh, boy. Thankfully, no injuries were reported. A security guard approached him as he was leaving, and he reportedly told the guard that it was an accident and he was just trying to take a selfie. Six years, huh? Yep. Police responded. Officers found that handgun, ammunition, and drugs on Sorn. He has uh, prior felony convictions for burglary and attempted first-degree murder. And you know that was taken into consideration. Absolutely. (laughs) They threw the book at him. Absolutely. Six years in the cooler. Just think, if he hadn't tried to take a selfie in a strip club bathroom, he would still be on the streets today. There you go. Vanity will cost you. Exactly. (laughs) In a host of ways. Vanity always goes before the fall. (laughs) There you go. That's what the Bible says. Yeah.
you know, after pride comes the fall. And right? there's the truth. There's the latest example of that. From the <laughs> Debmeister, bringing us the news from the Frontgate Realty Studio every morning, top and bottom of the hour, and whenever it breaks, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We had another topic planned, but I'm very interested with what I see on the screen right now. Yaffe, what do you say we plow ahead and take more calls from the best audience I in talk radio? I guess I'll allow it. Shall we? And you got some text messages coming in at 23680? Of course. Are you ready? we got to get your take on all of this, okay? Uh, you know, if there's time. All right. I don't know. Tell Beck. We'll see. He starts at 10. <laughs> we're taking an hour from Beck. All no, right. I'll we give can't him a call. Oh, you do that. All right. <laughs> all right. We're diving in here in just a moment. Stay with us. Buckle up, gang. We'll have all of this on Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. When I locked horns with Tony, who was working me over before the news break, a lot of you got amped up and want to talk about it. And then Tony suddenly calls back but doesn't want to go on the air during the break. Bryce, what did he say? That's right. Tony called back and he says, you know, he loves your show, bud. Ever since they moved over here from Alabama, he and his mom been watching on TV. They just, they love you. So he's so appreciative of having that time on the air to talk to you. Yeah. But he was saying you need to have a live broadcast in Pine Hills where he lives. He'll bring out the barbecue and that'd be a great way to unite the community. Can I have a few more quarters of down crime stats in Pine Hills before we do that? <laughs> hey, he's real happy about that stuff, too. Yeah. All right. I was OK with him on almost everything as outrageous as he was. Except that you're an old white guy crack. Come on now, I'm in the prime of life, and you know it, Tony. <laughs> you know, weaseled out of calling in. Anyway, let's go to Joe. On with the Bud Man. Good morning from Orlando, Joe. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I was going to assist in translating for him, and he did. He did say the educated talk was basically the problem, and I, I just think that uh, you know he. He believes that educated speech is an, is, a, is an offense to him. Ah. Joe, I don't get a lot of support from you generally, and I'm fine with that. But I want to thank you for backing me a little bit here. Well, I think he's, he's probably a feminist. He realizes that, uh, you know, the feminists are, are right. All you need to do is drop the seed and then just get out of the kid's life. That's interesting. I'm a feminist. What are y'all talking about? I'm a feminist. <laughs> Tony, I can hear him now. Anyway, Pete, you're on from Claremont. Good morning to you, Pete. Good morning, guys. Yeah, this is this thing's getting blown out of proportion. First, this is not why I called. KKK was started by Democrats and in protest of the Emancipation Proclamation. So let's get that out very clear. If anyone knows the history, they know that's true. Absolutely true. Secondly, Mid-1860s. Everyone is getting sick and tired of this Black Lives Matter stuff and against cop stuff. And people are starting to, I mean, not, I'm not saying what happened in North Carolina this week was right, but there's a lot of mad people out there about all this stuff that's going on, and I think it's only going to get worse. I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to see more Charlottesville. I made that point yesterday, and I backed it up. And, and the issue is the president is right in what he said, even though I think he will pay politically for saying it for third time yesterday. Um, you know, what about the old left? Okay? Without them confronting the alt-right that was surrounding the Lee statue that they want kept up in Charlottesville, there never would have been this violence. And that woman never would have died. Okay? And the two cops in the helicopter patrol. Yaffe, go ahead and please check the text line after you let me know what you think about all of this. Um, You know, I talked about this on my show last night, and I have another show tonight, 8 to 10, my show. I am just... um. I'm just appalled at the fact that we cannot have an honest conversation in this country anymore. I mean, the media yesterday against Trump were being completely dishonest. 
if you are, I mean, how can, when he was talking about the other side creating some violence, the fact is Antifa was there. Yes. The fact is they were creating violence. The media yesterday acted like they, they had no idea that existed. Now, that being said, there is a part of me that thinks Trump is a little too defensive of the alt-right. When he was saying there's a lot of fine people there just protesting the statue, I've seen no evidence of that. They were yeah. all ra- they're all alt-right nationalist groups that he should not support at But he all. is fundamentally right when he says there are two sides to the story. He yeah, said that he from is. the beginning on Saturday. Enough was enough after the second statement. He shouldn't have gone down this road. We should have talked about infrastructure or other things. It says, I'm, I'm done talking about this. Anyway, what, what are they talking about on the text line coming in at 23680, Yavi? Uh, yes, Bud. One person says, I do agree with Bud. Trump, Trump already said what he thought. It's a shame, though, that he has to limit his opinions to get things done. Another person said, I, to me, I think, he says, I notice you don't read text you don't agree with. Um, like half Yaffe, the- are you editing the text line in there? Half the texts I've read today are texts that disagree with you and me on this. <laughs> so I don't know why he said that, <laughs> because I've literally read yeah. texts that are against you today, bud. When people are passionate about an issue, you get a phenomenon known as selective hearing <laughs> and listening. I've read texts on both you know, sides today. People hear now, what they want to hear, you know? I will say some people like send, you know, they'll write like giant paragraphs and I can't read the whole thing because we have to. I have to kind of sum it up sometimes. Yeah, right. So there's that. But when I don't you know. text us, think Twitter and less. Okay, that's very <laughs> helpful. Know, okay. They send me like essays, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't read the whole essay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I love. it. Well, we get a smartest audience in talk radio, and sometimes it takes them a while to. I mean, you know, it's interesting to read, uh, but I, I can't read them all. <laughs> all right, Yaffe does not edit out um, texts that are uncomfortable for me or him or anybody. As a matter of fact, there's nothing better in our game in talk radio than to bring on opposing points of view, and we have the guts to do it, and we are proud to do it, and we welcome it. Um, see my conversation with Tony for notes. We could go till 10 o'clock, but Glenn's got a contract, says he gets the airwaves at 9. Let's be quick and go to Greg in Lockhart. Thank you for waiting. You're on with a bud man, Greg. Good morning. Yeah, real quick, the statue situation won't stop until the laws are equally enforced for everybody. The uh, left gets passes, they're allowed to show up as ninjas with masks and hurt people, and they don't go to jail until the laws are equally enforced for the left and the right. Somebody says no to these statue people, and when they tear down the statue, they get arrested and go to jail. It's going to continue, continue, and continue. It's the nose of the camel. As far as Trump's allies, he never had him to begin with. One of the things that Trump did was he showed what political theater the Republicans really are doing. They never plan to do health care. They never plan to do much of anything except get their piece of the pie and, you know, put themselves in the mantle of conservatism and say, we tried and we couldn't do it because. I understand where you're coming from. You're saying so it doesn't matter whether he you know, loses these Republicans in Congress, they weren't going to help him get the agenda activated anyway. And you know what? You may well have a point there. Mr. Michael on the line from Orlando. Good morning to you, Mr. Michael. Good morning, bud. It's Mr. Michael. I figured I'd give you and Kathy a call today, and I'll try to keep it short and sweet. But uh, with Trump, yes, what he says is true, because you you and I were raised in the same time era that it always takes two to tango. But also, the cops not stopping the incident, they're part of that same group as else, so they have to weigh their blame. So with with all this, they just want to dumb people down so that the next generation doesn't know. And I'll give you an example. 
that last that one call that called you up and harassed you. Yeah. Maybe somebody should tell him to go to Jacksonville, Florida, Kingsley Plantation, where Annette Kingsley, who was a black woman who was a slave, was freed by her master, who was a white Frenchman, married her, and she bought sold her own people throughout the South. And after the Civil War, they fled to Haiti and continued selling slaves through Central and South America, hmm. and they came up with the uh, marriage certificate. The only purpose for that was was to prevent interracial marriages. Oh, my goodness. Interesting history lesson, Mr. Michael. Thank you. Text line, final check, Yaffe. Yeah, we actually have a texter who made a, good, made a similar point about the police. Says, I blame the mayor of Charlottesville. He gave his police the order to stand down and yep. told him no arrest unless he's authorized it. He's a far-left person. I believe he orchestrated this whole thing. Terrible thing that happened. All right, fair enough there. Oh, let me squeeze one more in. Dennis, you're on from Longwood. Good morning, Dennis. Hey, bud, great show. I only want to say one short thing. Uh, no matter what Trump says or doesn't say, the ATM is going to go after him, bottom line. The anti-Trump media machine. Boy, was that ever evident in Trump Tower yesterday. That's correct. It was outrageous. It was unbelievable. And they're not supposed to be advocates for positions. They're supposed to be objective journalists getting the story from people that they interview. I mean, it's just unbelievable how they have completely abdicated the calling of the craft of journalism. News at the top of the hour, and then during Glenn Beck's first hour, get the keyword to our texting contest. You could win a free trip to Las Vegas on us for the iHeart Radio Music Festival. Catch Yaffe with his live show tonight, Beyond Reason, from 8 until 10. He'll be taking your calls. And Yaffe puts together a great summary of everything we have done on the website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. The whole podcast is there, the podcast of his primetime shows, Beyond Reason, and the whole deal. What a show! Thanks in no small part to you. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.